Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Player 54 Podcast, a show focused solely on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host, Michael Lathrop. Hello, football fans. This is episode 111, Dispersal Process Completed. This episode is brought to you by our friends at True Victory. If you are not perfect, if you have ever struggled, if you have ever failed, if you have ever been the underdog, if you have ever doubted yourself or been doubted by others, if you want to get better, be better, and make our world better, this is the perfect brand for you. Founded by U.S. military veterans, True Victory is a sportswear and streetwear brand dedicated to building everyday champions on and off the field. True Victory is not simply a company, they're a cause. Its purpose is to transform lives and elevate humanity through the power and unity of sports, positive stories, and serving others. They are dedicated to the game, the grind, and the globe. But most importantly, they are dedicated to you. If you want to strive for something better, while proudly showing others your determination, grit, and supporting people like yourself, check out the True Victory Shop by simply clicking on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code PLAYER54 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. The multi-phase dispersal process has been completed. We are now less than 70 days from the United Football League kickoff between the Arlington Renegades and Birmingham Stallions at Choctaw Stadium. Although teams are still courting and signing free agents, training camp rosters are almost complete for the February 23rd report for camp date. There have also been a few major UFL developments. This week, the Garage founder and host, XFL Jim, joins the show to discuss the recent United Football League dispersal process and more. But first, we have those developments to cover. So, let's get to it. On January 15th, the United Football League conducted another phase of its dispersal process. Per the UFL's press release, announced the second round results of the dispersal process as well as the following information. Free agency begins on January 16th. Training camp rosters of 75 players per team is on February 14th. Training camp begins on February 24th in Arlington, Texas. As well as a link for the results of the second round draft, visit theufl.com. On January 16th, former New Orleans Breakers tight ends and offensive quality control coach TJ Veneri announced the following on his ex formerly known as Twitter account. Very excited to announce that I will be joining the coaching staff of the Memphis Showboats. Can't wait to get started. Go Boats! Veneri is just the tip of the iceberg. In the coming days and next couple of weeks, anticipate more UFL coaching staff announcements as teams finalize their staff and prepare for training camp. As I have previously mentioned, we will now be joined by the Garage founder and host, XFL Jim, to discuss the recent United Football League dispersal process and more. Welcome, Jim. I appreciate taking the time to come on to the show to discuss the United Football League's dispersal process and more. Glad to be here. I'm, I'm excited. This is outside my vibe, outside my comfort zone. I feel like I should have put on my suit for this show. I feel good. I feel pro. I've got two suits. I know people, this is audio, but for you that you can see, I have two suits back here. I have like a normal professional suit, and then I have a leopard print one ready to go at a moment's notice. 
I think it's fitting for me to see the Hawaiian shirt that you're wearing just to give the visual. It's even the classic. Right. Well, this is an audio podcast like you alluded to. But the Hawaiian shirt definitely classes this up, whether you can see it or not, listeners. So, <laughs> but thank you. This has kind of been something like I alluded to in previous discussion. I'm surprised I haven't reached out to you. I know I'm a little bit more buttoned up, but I've always been somebody that brings everybody from every corner of the space together. And you're pretty knowledgeable. So before we dive into this discussion and wherever it may take us, I believe it'd be beneficial if you took a moment to share a little bit of your background to our listeners that may not be familiar with you so they have a better (laughs) understanding who you are as a person, the work you do within the alternative football space. So here's your soapbox. Get on up there. I know you're not. That's no, this is perfect. I think I've only ever talked about like where I started and what I started doing with like within spring football and the XFL and all that. I think I've only talked about it on one other show. Um, So I'm always glad to talk about it. So I was obviously, I've always been into football college. I was, I've always been, I'm from Nebraska. So obviously I'm a huge college football fan. That's where I first got my love for it. Growing up, love college football. And then I was like, Oh, I don't really follow basketball. I don't follow these other sports. I'd love to watch more football. I didn't really fully get into it until the AAF came along in uh, in 2018. And I was like, oh, this league is amazing. I'm going to watch it. I watched it all the time. I watched it at work. I paid attention to it. I had it on TV at work all the time. I was like, you know what? I'm going to dive into the history of spring football and kind of look into it. And then the XFL was announced for 2020. I was like, you know what? I'm going to fully get in. I am unlocking. I started my YouTube channel, I think, December of 2019, fully unlocked for the XFL in 2020, was shattered when that, obviously, what happened happened in March. It broke me to my core. I actually threw a chair at work and got reprimanded by my boss because I was enraged. And then USFL in 2022 comes around, XFL and USFL in 2023, the the blossoming of spring football, and I've just fully absorbed, and I felt like there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things in the space of spring football. And I, I thought to myself, I could put like a weird spin on it that I'm just me and I'm only going to be me. And I don't know if it'll work, but I'm going to try my best to just be me and also be spring football and just be the biggest fan that I can be while also being weird. Weird is like a big thing for my brand. As we had previously discussed, you know, I'm more buttoned up. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm that way 100% of the time in my life, but I'm a professional by day and I can be that way. And I saw an opportunity that I thought maybe we weren't just connecting with maybe white collared folks, right? That might want to follow this space, but they just thought the other shows are too much off the cuff. But then somebody like your brand might take it a little bit more. Uh, you know, it's not that you're not giving them content that is relatable within football. It is. It's just, you put your unique spin on it or your, your unique touch. And again, it takes people that might think that even what I think, or the average person thinks is a little too off the cuff. That might be still too serious for them or too whatever. And I think this is what makes this space so interesting. We keep talking about whether mm-hmm. it's the spring leagues or alternate football, whatever we want to call it is that, it is a niche, but even within our niche of a market, we have our niches that can still carve out other people within that market, which is, I think, a fascinating thing because we still come together. We still communicate. 
We don't oh, hate yeah. on each other. And I think it's a beautiful thing not to sit here and swap pleasantries back and forth because people are here like, where's the, where's the US, uh, UFL discussion? I get it. So, but I mean, I, I think it is a beautiful thing. And, and, you know, I just think I'm better off having somebody like you on to share your thoughts and y- your uniqueness. We're the yin and yang of the, of like the alternative football community. And I think the you need the balance. You need the balance for sure. I will say my final, my like end goal for what I want to do is I want to be known as like, I want the XFL gym brand. I would love to be known as like the adult swim of the alternative football community. My goal every year is to be more weird. That is, that is a goal I have. Well, I'll have to keep an eye on it. I'm sure a lot of people will too. See where it goes. You know, I just think it's also interesting because you have these different personalities for the listeners that may not be aware. There's XFL there's a lot of gyms gym. out there. There's a lot of gyms. <laughs> USFL gym. And I'm assuming there was never an AAF gym. Was there? No. So the AAF gym was before I had the YouTube channel. So retroactively, there is an a. So basically, once the YouTube and everything was created, there is an I've described it as the Jimiverse, like the like Marvel has the multiverse. I have the Jimiverse. Technically, if you look into the lore, there's an infinite amount of gyms for every hobby, sport, and like occupation. There is a gym that fits in a role there. I just recently went back and watched. I won't say all of it, but I caught a, a clip of when the XFL gym and USFL gym had to come together with this mm. whole merger discussion. And uh, I know I seem very serious people, but I, I enjoy everyone's content to some extent, you know, so I had to enjoy that because I, I had to also kind of get myself prepared for what, you know, what I might be that, jumping into tonight, whether I was prepared for it, you know, but that, good, bad or ugly. I'm all about it, but I think it's important to understand. So if anyone hasn't checked you out, they need to, because they might be like, I still don't understand what he's talking about, but you are different, and but in a good way, I, I think it's entertaining. And I think most people think think so too. But we're going to dive back into this more serious discussion. So the United Football League, we got it, right? Everyone now mm-hmm. knows it's this official thing. And we had, we're waiting forever to find out how are they going to do the, you know, this dispersal. And we had this three phase process. It looked like, you know, just, I'm going to, it's not their wording. I'm just going to use it. Essentially a protecting players phase a conference draft of unprotected players within your conference. And then they had a league wide draft of unprotected players. Okay. So, you know, just to put it all in a nutshell. And now we even got free agency too, to like round it all out. Right. So we are currently in true free agency. So in hindsight, because anybody loves to pick things apart, right? You know, it doesn't matter what, especially the internet. That's what the internet's all about is just finding something and complaining about it. But now looking at how they decided to conduct their dispersal process. What do you think of it? I mean, I, I don't see it as bad as I first thought. I thought I was like, oh, man, we're making this more complicated than it should have been. But now looking at it, I'm like, you know, I guess it kind of it made sense. It didn't seem that crazy. I actually really liked it. I like the fact that so obviously you get to name your protected players and everything, because in these spring leagues, just in general, there's players going trying to go to the NFL, trying to go to the, all these other stuff. There's a lot of movement just in general, let alone when you combine two leagues together and like just displace eight teams and however many players that ends up being. So I like being able to protect the players at first. And I liked having the the conferences kind of go for their own players because they could kind of analyze them a little bit better. They played against them and they still have that brand recognition sort of. And then the ultimate mega draft at the end, I, I like 
to kind of end with that. My hope going forward is that we kind of get like a live stream draft of college players slash other things that they go for in the, in the following years. I think for what the situation called for, that this was a good way to do it. Yeah. At first I was not a fan of the conference draft. I was like, you know, we're one league. I mean, I know I come from the XFL space. I'm losing my team. It doesn't matter. The Orlando guardians are out for this year. We'll see what the future holds, but as it stands, I don't have a team. But I didn't. I was kind of like, at some point, you just got to unite it. You know, we're already keeping the conference names to keep the XFL alive and the USFL alive. And I understand we're not rebranding teams and stuff like that. So that's kind of good. But I'm like, at first, I was like, yeah, do we want to keep this? But then as I kind of get going, I'm like, I kind of, you need to kind of keep that to keep the diehard XFL fan, the diehard USFL fan. And we know there's going to be some people that are really going to look at who wins this championship. Oh, for sure. And, you know, at first I'm like, is it really going to matter? And the more I see it, and it's, that's not going away anytime soon. So they're going to live it up. It, it's really just a way of keeping the new United Football League very similar to the National Football League. How you have the AFC, NFC, and it's just a way to kind of, we're going to keep that. So if those strong feelings are in place for a while. It, so I see it and I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's not as bad as I first thought. I'm like, let's, let's just rip that bandaid off and be done with it. But it, it is interesting. And looking at the draft, or however you want to talk about selections, what do you think? It's very interesting in general. It kind of goes team by team off the, when I was looking over it. So basically I just kind of glanced over it this week. I plan on doing a bunch of deep dives on every team. I don't know, over the next month or so, just to like get fully integrated with them. Just glancing. I felt like Birmingham did really, really well. It came out very far ahead just because a lot of the players that they got slash kept are big. I think getting guys like Bo Scarborough, like retaining Bo Scarborough is huge and that you got him in the mega draft when anyone could have picked him up. I know he wasn't great last year, but the year before he was one of the best when he came in the USFL, like halfway through in 2022, he's one of the best players in the league and getting guys like Chris Blewett replacing your all-star kicker with another one of the top three kickers in the USFL. I loved Hercules Mata'afa as a get. I loved him at Washington State. I loved him on the Generals. I think he's going to be great for them. I Shannon Stribling, too, one of the best cornerbacks in the USFL. Like I feel like this defense is just going to be nasty for the Stallions. That was first takeaway. Stallions, to me, are the winner of this quote-unquote draft just pick fest. I'm not saying you're wrong because I do also think it's interesting. The Scarborough, I knew that that was going to be their target after watching that little uh, press event that Holtz did there at the stadium. And he had mentioned how, even though they had left them unprotected, certain players that they were going to be targeted to pick them up. And, you know, you could kind of see that they did do that. You know, they did snag a bunch of the guys they did have previously. But he mentioned how injuries were playing a key factor in why they protected who they did initially. Yeah. You would think some of these guys would have been selected by other teams, right? Mm -hmm. If you are the top dog, two-time USFL champion, you would have thought maybe other teams, but there might also have been, you know, some gentlemen's agreements there. And I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying it might be just kind of respect, you know, maybe you also didn't want to deplete like your big dogs. And I'm not saying that's the case, but Scarborough, yeah, I'm going through that. The first, I can't believe somebody else didn't take him. I, 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 the I, fact I really that he got like to the third round and then 
Also, how late in the third round he ended up getting picked up was crazy to me. The other thing just off the top of my head is basically (laughs) Wade Phillips decided to just move every player of the Houston Roughnecks, it felt like, and put them in San Antonio. If you just go on to like even just Wikipedia and look up the previous team for every player in just just alone in the second draft, it's all Houston Roughnecks except for one Seattle Sea Dragons player, Jalen Dalton, and one Orlando Guardians player, Cody Latimer. Other than that, it's all Houston Roughnecks that they got from the conference draft, which is hilarious to me. I saw that coming, though. I I, I 100% saw it coming. I mean... You can talk about schemes, playbooks, all you want, but it kind of comes down to you're coming into a roster and you are going to have to select or protect the players that you think they're going to fit your game plan. And then you got to be like, okay, who are the other players out there? Cody Latimer has history with Wade Phillips, you know, in mm-hmm. Denver from his days in the NFL. So that's not a shocking pick. So I saw this eventually really going to happen because it's going to be the easiest way to, all right, we need to plug guys in. They've already played. They already know it's kind of hit the ground running a little bit, but especially with a shorter training camp, it's like you want to have guys that you're familiar with that you can just get them up to speed. Oh, a hundred percent. So the one thing you want is to be building upon a team, right? So I think the one team that's really in the, the weirdest situations going to be the San Antonio Brahmas this year because those rosters are essentially going to be a mix and match. Not saying other teams obviously didn't pick up some players. Of course they did. Everyone's improving. Everyone's lost some guys one way or another. But I think that is a significant change. And now that it's not the same team. New coaching staff with players that didn't have, you know, of a fundamental foundation with your roster from your protected players. I think that's very intriguing there. You know, the first draft and being a Guardians guy, I mentioned this kind of a little bit. I was a little shocked with DeAndre Francois being selected by the defenders. I understand maybe the type of player he is, the style of play that he is. He could fit that scheme. I just I don't know if he's even going to make the roster when it's all said and done. I don't think he did enough in his time with the Guardians. I don't think he – and I'm not taking a shot because I met him in person when I was at the Fan Fest and stuff. And had, had, he's a very just, – I just don't see it really – working there and that's it's a shame because there was a bunch of other guys eventually like Dormady didn't make it in that phase but I'm glad he got in though I'm glad he got in because the Brahmas needed somebody and I also I'm with you I think Dormady was uh, A he was the best quarterback on the Guardians and B I've always thought and this is me looking back obviously not watching the film this week but I had the feeling that Dormady was like a top half quarterback over those last like four weeks of the XFL last year, like he, him and the guardians offense looked like they were going. I think with Deandre Francois that people, a lot of the times look at his, just his physicals and the stature that he has. And he has the body of a, what should be a really good quarterback. I will always go back to like, I think year two at Florida state, he had one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen that Jimbo Fisher just let this kid basically die out there. And he's never been the same since. He's one of those guys that I've always just people remember back in the day. He was a super high recruit. He had that great first year in college and then just tanked from there. And everyone's just been saying, what if he gets back to that? He looked good in fan control football. He had some moments in the XFL, but just never got it going. And then once you kind of get a guy like Dormany in there, it's you're just good night. 
defenders are we're in an inter- interesting spot of having to replace. I think both their quarterbacks aren't back. Both Jordan Tamu and the Houston player that I always blank on. One of my buddies loves him. King. Yeah, Derek King. And them and San Antonio were one of the more quarterback needy teams. So I Francois is an interesting get. I, I'm rooting for him, but I'm I'm with you. I don't know if he would even make the final roster with how he's played in recently. Well, and let's be fair. I mean, we we know that the NFL, it's regular season's over with. A lot of players are got their feature contracts you know, offered to them, and whether some people are starting to sign them, some people are not. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of that phase. And I mean, we're seeing some of the guys that are on practice squads elsewhere. We see Shepard's now back when with the Battle Hawks and, and whatnot. So I don't want to get into each one of these guys, but this is happening. And as we speak, there could be more announcements popping up that somebody might be saying, hey, sign back with the You'll NFL see a couple of crazy free team. agents, I bet. And so the quarterback thing, you you know, it sounds, you know, I know Russ Brandon alluded to something on the ESPN radio there in St. Louis. And I know that there's been a little talk from Coach Beck himself. The McCarran piece might take a couple of weeks to figure out. So it's interesting because they get they want to give him some time so he can talk to his family and stuff. So, again, I don't know how many faces that we see. I know we're what we want as fans, right? We see certain teams as we hope. But, you know, he's also alluded to that Tiano is uh, actually going to be you know, more than capable. He, he likes what he's seasoning. But anyway, just kind of going back down through some of these, you know, I think Houston, you know, the, the Roughnecks, the, even though it's the gamblers roster now building up, I think they, they did pretty well. I, I think they uh, did too. I liked what the gamblers did. I liked what the, the showboats did. The gamblers getting someone like Isaiah battle from Jersey, like getting a lot of those, they kind of got a decent amount of the New Jersey generals offensive line and 2023, not as much, but 2022, a lot of those guys, they had continuity. Those guys were one of the best offensive lines in the league. They had a strong rushing attack. Picking up some of those guys, picking up guys like Ruben Foster from the Maulers is huge. Isaiah Henney from the Maulers was one of the big part of their uh, passing attack. I like what they did. I trust the Roughnecks. I'm expecting it. It's also weird to me that I'm that we're calling them the Roughnecks. I always want to say gamblers every time I see it, anytime I see any of them. But I'm down. I'm down with the Roughnecks. I'm rolling with them. I'm going to root for them. And then the Showboats, I just have to shout out them. Case Cook is, is my favorite spring football quarterback. I love him more than anything. Uh, the fact that they got him, I might have to become a Memphis Showboats fan. I don't know. So one of the interesting things, I saw that Toby Johnson had put out something after he got selected, how I guess he made it known that he wasn't necessarily going to play or wasn't interested, and then he still got selected. So I want to know what's going on with that asterisk and what conversations are there because – Somebody must have had some contact with his camp, whether it's his representation or something, to think that there's still a chance there, are, or I don't think they would have taken him. Or, you know, was he just that good of a player that it's worth a shot? I mean, what, what do you think, Jim? I mean, you could always, uh, with free agency being the weird thing in these leagues, I feel like you can take the shot on the guy. He's got talent. I just don't, when he's made the uh, the expressed disinterest of playing, I don't know why you kind of target him. The other thing I'm worried for the Roughnecks in particular is I don't fully love their quarterback situation at the moment. I'm not the biggest Kenji Bahar guy. I, I think he's shown flashes. 
I think I think they might be someone interesting to watch out for in free agency for a quarterback to see if oh, they can yeah. get somebody. I think there's going to be a couple surprises out there. I really do. And I don't know who necessarily, but I, I could see some teams that could be interesting. So, yeah, I would think Houston would be a team that we could see a play at quarterback. I think obviously the defenders are playing. Mm-hmm. I think the Battle Hawks are going to be, even if McCarron does not think, I think they're going to be a play because uh, Beck is just, he's an interesting guy and he's ready to compete. And I think, you know, he he realizes the market that he's in and that he they're hungry they they want they want to win and i'm i'm not just saying that because you know they put 30,000 but i mean like they are pretty vocal so i mm-hmm. think everyone is thinking the top two dogs from both sides it's going to be a stallions battlehawks thing i think that's what people are hoping for even though it's we got week 1 is going to be the stallions at the renegades to you know, champion versus champion. I know there are a lot of people like 500 champion out of the X. I'm a degenerate, so I can't wait till I get features out. Cause I'll tell you this, I'm probably going to be betting uh Brahma showboats as the final. That's my, that's my pick. San Antonio, Memphis. I, yeah, it's possible. I want to see what's going to happen in San Antonio. I want to see how those, that roster starts to jive. And you know, the other thing is that you just don't see all the coaches. You're starting to see more of the coaching staff starting to get named. Yep. Uh, I know a lot of people were in limbo for a while, not knowing what was happening with the merger. So I'm not going to act like coaches make all the difference in the world because talent does prevail. But I want to see how it all comes together. I think it's still a little, a little soon. I think once we start entering camp and we start seeing the coaching staffs finalized, I think we start to see what some of these free agent, yep. you know, signings are. And and whatnot because they're going in with a pretty good size roster. Was it well, 72, 75? I think it was. Like I that? think it was around seven. It was around seventy five, and they have to break it down to uh, what was it fifty four, fifty five? Oh, it was fifty something. Camp, right. Yeah, by the end of camp, they had to break it down to fifty something. But for camp, it was it was definitely over seventy. Which is, I think, it's a good number. Get some bodies in there, get a chance to look at a good number of guys to make a decision. I know opportunity is huge. Right, we just lost a lot of opportunities. Half the teams between these two leagues, so giving guys opportunity uh, is very important. So I know you're not doing a deep dive. I'm not doing a deep dive. There's a lot to be determined between now and before they enter camp here next month. I think we're just a well, just a little over a month away before. Question: I do have a question for you. What do you think of the one month training camp? You know, I'll be honest. Yeah, I think it's too short. I was going to say, it feels really short. I've talked to too many people that have been in the space. And I, the only guy I'll drop a name is because he, he said it right on my own show is Tom Luganville. He he just mentioned, he's like, man, that's tough. It is tough to get a team together. Now, that's a complete startup from his time when he was with yep. LA Extreme and how, how they did that. Now, luckily, they won everything. Maybe it's a little bit different for most of these teams that are coming back year after year, especially USFL teams. Maybe you don't have to change a whole lot. There are some changes. You know, there's going to be some turnover. That's what alternative or spring football is going to be because it's an opportunity league. The guys are always trying to get to, you know, the National Football League and live out their dreams. So, yeah, you're going to have turnover. I get that. But maybe it's not as much. But somebody like San Antonio, they're going to yeah. need it. I mean, it's – I know you got some guys are returning, but you got a lot – you know, those guys come back in with a new coaching staff. So, I mean, that's kind of a 
That's tough. That's almost a restart of a league situation or an expansion situation is kind of how it almost feels uh, or how it almost looks. So, yeah, I I think you need two months. I, I kind of understand what they're doing. Everything's cost-driven. Everything's oh, for bottom sure. Line. I, I get it. And But it, for the players, you know, you really rely on them coming in ready to go. I mean, you, you don't. You don't think about it with the National Football League so much, how they have their OTAs and you know, all the, the many stuff coming up and how, yeah, a lot of players miss out on that stuff. But they have a longer preseason you know, when yes. they come into camp. And then even with three games, whether they're, most of the starters are not playing anyway or you know impactful players anyway, it's all done, you know calculated. It's a longer season. But, I mean, to think that you go from – and this is a bad way of phrasing it because I don't think anyone's getting up off the couch, but just to say like, Hey, you're not competing. Yes. You might be training individual, but now you go in to compete where you're putting on the pads with the players, you know, your team and you're competing for the job and you're going to go in four or five weeks. I think that that's tough. I think it's tough to be ramped up. I'd like to see one or two games and they don't have to count. They don't even have to be televised. I'd like to see them get like full fledged games. Yes. but have several weeks of camp before that so they can work out those kinks. And I think that's why week one and two typically are not the best versions of the teams. I think sometimes that's why we saw some teams look like really crap out of the gate. Some teams looked a little bit better. I'm not saying that the Guardians look like, you know, they did look like a different team, but they also had overcome some little bit of drama. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to play it down. The, the dream for me, the dream for me would be either start training camp like this weekend or like the 27th, give them like a full week to kind of embrace it and then start it up or like first thing in February. But that's how it is. I think you also might be right. And I've decided in 2024 to just be fully positive, Jim, glass half full kind of guy. And I'm going to believe that because there's a lot of continuity with a lot of these rosters that you're a little bit, you're better off with the shorter training camp, that it's not as detrimental because you're having so many guys come back. You're not losing. Like it's not brand new coach. It's not brand new leagues. We still don't have the full rules announcements, but either way you slice it, most of the rules between the leagues overlap anyway, aside from like extra points or kickoff, like those some things like that. Most of the rules are the same. So I think having the continuity helps having a shorter training camp like this. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's, it's going to be, what's going to be. I mean, we, oh, can exactly. say, we can voice what we want anyway, you know, fans shows or whatever you want to call them, fan shows, all these type of things. Uh, we don't have a seat at the table. So it's, it's just our, our point. I'm and trying. I'm once, trying. I emailed Danny Garcia. I've emailed her every day for the last year and a half. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm trying. I'm trying to get a seat. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? It'd be awesome. Oh, I'm could you imagine like, me like walking out there at the first halftime, just leading? Oh, oh, it'd be amazing. It'd be it would be hilarious. <laughs> For those that don't know, I got I got a pretty good smile. What I think it's pretty funny. That would be awesome. You know, I look at some of these things. I'm gonna go back to Arlington really quick because I, I think they picked up some decent players, and I'm not saying they're gonna become the next big thing. But I, I do see some interesting players they picked up. I mean, obviously, I kind of just wonder, who's Vic Beasley now? Are we ever going to see the flash from before? That's always a big name. And maybe with the right team, maybe with the right thing. You know, I just, 
you look at that and I'm like, yeah, that's it's a smart pickup because he's just been there, done that. It's a veteran. Like, you got to take that shot. I mean, I thought he was going to just tear apart people when he was with the Vegas, but, you know, it didn't perform to the extent that I thought. I was fortunate to have Juan Banago on, and he's fast. Mm. And uh, on my shows a while back and watch his highlights, man. I, I like to see what he could do. He's an all-purpose kind of guy too. He's done it all down there, playing a couple of years in Mexico. So, but I mean, I just you know looking at some of these guys. I think getting Morgan Allison is nice for them. Getting one of the better running backs from last year uh, from the Sea Dragons is big. I the big thing for the Renegades for me isn't as much who they um, added; it's who they retained. They kept a lot of that team together. That staunch defense. A lot of those guys are still there. And I love him to death. I think get, keeping Perez is nice. The get the guy is smart. He knows these. He knows what these leagues are about. He knows what it takes. And I trust Bob Stoops. I like where the Renegades sit right now. People might be sleeping on him. I know they came in to the playoffs like battered and bruised and defeated. But they still won it all. And this team, they're, they're going to be hot. Because I'm glad you brought up Allison because I did want to get around to that as I was kind of want to touch base a couple of things because I wanted to pair the two guys together and talk about it. So Allison, yes, I'm very intrigued there. But the other guy I'm really intrigued is Devin Darrington from the Guardians. He was injured for the first couple of weeks last season, which also the Guardians didn't look too hot, right? Things are. But he has had some big explosive plays, right? Mm-hmm. Like an 86-yard touchdown or something like that. He's a guy to throw in that mix. Doesn't have to be your every down back, whatever. If you retain Ellison, Darrington, this is looking darn good because they should still have Devion Smith. Yes, Devion Smith was big. So I'm like, if you keep those three. It's a great running back room. That is amazing. So so we got to see how that, that plays out. That definitely, I'm all about balance. Anyone that listened to this podcast last year, we talked about the teams that had balance. Those are teams you had to watch out for. But when you didn't have your balance, I mean, you can air it out. And I know that's whatever. You saw it with Seattle. When Seattle just wanted to like throw it all the time last year. But I mean, you got to have that ability. So anyway, so I don't want to be picking winners and losers right now. But I know everyone's oh. kind of. I, I know everyone's kind of like, hey. It's fun because I love picking winners and losers. Every week I change all the time. My my takes and everything fly like the wind. You mentioned showboats. I like to, I'm just a huge Case Cookus guy. I also think getting rid of Todd Haley, who in my opinion was one of the worst coaches in spring football, this team is like gaining by losing. And they got they got a lot of other good players like Sage Sherrod. I've always loved him since his time in college. Vinny Papale as he's like Scrappy, I love the guy. Vontae Diggs is a linebacker, is huge. They increased their defense. Getting guys like Kennedy Brooks, who was a good running back for the Stars. I I like what they did picking up a lot of these guys. And I think adding Case Cookus, immediately he's probably one of the top, I'm going to say he's top three quarterback in the UFL, just off the top of my head. I think that's big. I think that's huge. You know, I kind of look at this and I'm thinking, Depends on what happens with St. Louis. It, a lot of it does depend on what they do. I think St. Louis is in a great spot. 
I obviously think their roster last year was great. I think they keep a lot of those guys as big. The thing for St. Louis is what do they do at quarterback? Because what they have right now, no, no guff on those guys. It's not AJ McCarron. It's just not. I agree. So that's why I'm like, man, there's a big asterisk right there. And I, I hope Kakala Nation is not going to hold me the fire on that too much. But I'm like, you know, I really do think it's going to depend there. But their roster looks great. So if I had to pick right now today without diving any deeper, I would probably say, man, is McClendon enough for the defenders? And is the project that's going to happen in San Antonio you know, I, I I don't know. Like, man, I, I like what they've done in Arlington. Man, all right. I'm going to go out here on a limb. And it's not my official. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you're going today, I'm, I'm going to say I like I like Dormady. I like him being – I like him a lot. Yeah, I think there's enough weapons that came over from the team before he might feel comfortable. I think that Landon Akers pickup that they picked him back up uh, – I thought he looked really good early on last year for the Brahmas. Uh, yeah, I, I think they might be a playoff team. And if I had to pick it, I'd have to say I think Arlington would be the other one right now. I think it'd be those two teams. Now, if McCarron comes back and if a different quarterback situation in D.C., I could e- I could easily flip. But, I mean, the quarterback, I don't think Tiano is going to be enough to lead that, to lead that team. And I, I, maybe I'm wrong. But now on the other side, I'm not as sold on Jamar Smith as like a lot of guys are for Birmingham. I, same. I, I like him a lot and he's a dog. Like I love his energy. He's not as talented as what Magoo was last year. And they also picked up Adrian Martinez for us, Nebraska fans. We know Adrian Martinez has some tools, but he'll also be a lot of the reasons why you lose some of these games. I love all the pieces around him. And I think skip holds has proven that he could, be one of the best coaches in these leagues. It's hard. You can't count out the stallions. I'm just not a believer that, that they can win every, that Jay Moore can like solely win you the games when he has to, I, he's, he's shown flashes. And I think if they get to the playoffs, he can somehow get hot just because that's who he is. But I don't know if he can like take you there in the regular season fully. Like they were thinking about benching him that first year still. I was trying to say this with people thinking that I still wasn't going to, I'm still going to pick them as a playoff team from what I see right oh, now. Oh, for sure. I just don't know if they end up being the one seed, the top seed. And I would have to pick Memphis right now. Now, again, free agency. If Houston can get a quarterback that I feel pretty good with, I easily shift that. And, but I mean, it also depends. You get Magoo back if they're able to get back in Birmingham and stuff like that. You know, things could significantly shift. That's what I'm saying. That until we start seeing how the rosters actually look going into camp, or as we start seeing cuts coming out, uh, then I'll kind of give a real pick. But I just I think it's worth a, a discussion because I see all of these rankings coming out. I see like the Renegades are dead last. I don't understand how the Renegades can be dead. I like, I feel like just solely having like a lot of the same roster, and I still feel like Bob Stoops. He just likes doing this. He's doing this for the love of it right now, and. You can't count him out. He's one of the best coaches in the whole league. Well, I know there's so much that's happened here, and you and I can't even touch on even like just but a small fraction. So everyone needs to go to the USFL or the UFL.com to see all the pickups and all the rosters as they are 
coming together because this is, I mean, we, we could be here for three and hours. If it, and if oh. any web designer at the UFL is listening to this, please organize the rosters by position. Please. Yeah. I beg of you. I mean, you could do a drop down or something if you want and get really crazy and let us do all sorts of, you know, sort. That would be sick too. We want. But I mean, like, yeah, position, at least basic roster etiquette for us fans. The only other thing that I beg of for this year, and I don't know if any spring league, even the CFL is pretty bad about it, is like up-to-date injury reports. Please. Please. Yeah, I, I, I beg. I I want a league other than the NFL to do this really well. And I can't. I have yet to see one. I agree. I, I think, you know, that's I'm, luckily I'm not a betting man. I'm, not I'm a degenerate. I, I know. I know exactly <laughs> who I'm talking to. I said, but, but I. I could see myself eventually getting into it, not saying like I would do it all the time, but I think those are the things I'd be hesitant on. If I don't have the information I think that are, is a must have going into games or stuff like that. I, I just, I won't, I just, I think it's just taking a shot, but I understand the, I didn't do fantasy this past year. So I understand the added investment you have as a fan, whether you're doing fantasy sports or Mm -hmm. betting, I completely get it. So I don't want to, Act like I do not understand it. And that's why, but I'm, you know, I missed it this last year because uh, I did fantasy for the XFL in 2020. I typically have done fantasy in the National Football League. Heck, I've won, I can't tell you how many different company leagues and stuff like that. So it's like, I'm not saying I won them all because I've done my fair share of losing. And I've also lost by like point, point six points in a championship game <sighs> to lose out on like about a two grand payout. Yeah, I, I trust me, that, that stuff, but I get how that changes the way you watch the game. But I, yeah, I think if they're going to push it like they did on the ESPN or let's just say the XFL broadcast last year, about over unders and as much as they talk about, I think you have to be on top. I think you have to. I think so too. If you're going to be pushing it like this, especially now that there's ESPN bet and Fox bet going around, they got to be on top of it. I talked with, so I, I do a show spring fever with a guy who's not exclusively a spring football fan. He just kind of, he he absorbs it through me. So I like having his outside perspective. He kind of, if they're going to be in this, I'm of the mind they shouldn't push it too hard and be just done with it. Like I, ESPN was a little kind of just haphazard with it last year, a little slapstick, and I, it didn't work as well. I'd say if you're going to have the gambling part of it, just have a guy that you bring in, like like how they bring in Dean Blandino, for the rules or anything like that. Just have a guy that be like, okay, um, here it is right now. It's a timeout. Bring this guy in. He could be from anywhere. He's in his home. He just says some gambling stuff, maybe like a minute tops, like a minute, minute 30 says the picks, says what he likes, says why he likes them. And then get him out of there. I don't need the, uh, the broadcasters themselves. I don't need the color commentator and the play by guy, play by play commentator, like discussing the over unders and the spreads when, it's a, they're doing it in an annoying way, and B, it's very obvious they don't know what they're talking about. And C, for people that aren't into gambling, if it's they're being hit over the head with it that much, it can be really annoying. Yeah, I think that's how it came across to me. Yeah, and I, I'm a guy that could eventually get into, you know, putting a little bit of money on some of these games, but I'm like, man, this is this is the guy, I don't think this is helping to draw a guy like me into doing it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that was ESPN's or, you know, FX, whoever with the entity, you know, network that had it on, yeah. but like, it's just, 
it's got to be a good compliment to the product that you're putting out there. And it just felt like it wasn't complimenting what the game. Yeah, compliment it. Don't suffocate it. No doubt. No doubt. Well, we were hoping to have a schedule. I really wanted one. I wanted one. I want one. Do you think they release it tomorrow? Do you think we get something by the end of the week? Well, this would be the week that Russ Brandon mentioned when he was on ESPN Ah, St. Louis there. So, I mean, I want it so bad. It would have to be this week if what he said was true. I mean, is it that much of a difference if it's Friday or Monday? Probably not. It'd be nice to chew on that going into the weekend, though. It means more to me. I mean, I got to convince my wife because I don't have a team in Orlando anymore. So instead of driving three hours, I got to convince my wife. I got to try to plan some trips out. So what's the closest team to you now? Is it? It's got to be either like Memphis or D.C., right? I bet you D.C. or Birmingham. Oh, yeah, I bet Birmingham's closer. That's true. Those are probably your two closest. It could, they all could be right there within. So it's, do I drive? I mean, do you fly? I like to go. I would like to go to Arlington for the, for the championship battle. I mean, not the, I would love to go for the opener. It's so being from being living in Nebraska. It's so and not even near one of the cities that has a nice airport. It's so expensive for me to fly and get out of here that I have to really pick and choose. And I made the mistake last year. I went to a Vegas game of the XFL last year. <laughs> I got to experience Cashman Field straight up, and it was something. Did it disappoint? So the issue, the biggest issue I had with the field, a the weather wasn't great. It was the big muddy mess game that they had, the the like the home opener, I believe. Um, B, since it's a baseball stadium, the way they had the stuff lined up, I thought I had really good seats because I was sitting kind of in front. Uh, the sidelines blocked like half the view, like the players themselves because they're so tall. And you're sitting there. They block like half the view. I had to move seats. Yeah. That, the food there was great. The food at Cashman's was fantastic. The concessions and food, come on, thumbs up on that. But they could have done a little better. <laughs> well, there's a lot that could have There's done. a lot that could have done better just there from in seeing Vegas. It on television. I could imagine. It, was, it was rough. Yeah. It was rough. Imagine. I actually, like, people in Vegas, though, knew about the team. Like, I, I talked. People in the town, like they were kind of hype about it. So they had that going. Well, fortunately, they're not back this season. We'll see what happens in 2025 and beyond. Yeah, no schedule. I kind of, it's unfortunate. I wanted to kind of dive in that with you tonight. It's what I alluded to you. I'm like, hey, maybe we could get into that. I was like, even checking. I'm like, did they just drop a late press release? I know it doesn't come out this time. No, but you know, Jim, I'm not going to hold you for too long. It's been a pleasure. Really appreciate you coming on, discussing just the recent USFL dispersal process and and just your thoughts on these rosters and you know, way, way too early. You know, who who do you like? Who do you think is the teams and whatnot? But uh it it has been a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, it's been awesome. Thanks for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. It's always it's I will go, I will say this. I'll go on anybody's show anytime just because I love the content. I love talking about the XFL, the UFL, the USFL, so much. I mean, it's just to me, this is an interesting space. These leagues, you know, coming together, I think will put a lot to rest. You know, I think this is what we kind of needed, like it or not. We're we're all in this. We're one dysfunctional family together now, and uh, you know, it's like going to Thanksgiving that that one relative. You're like, yeah, you know, we're related. We don't really talk, but here we're we're in it together. Now we're family. 
you know, I think this is what's going to take to hopefully have a shot at this having any sort of long-term success. And I'm really hoping that that's what we get to see. Not just another season or two beyond this, but another five, ten years from now, we're still talking about the United Football League. That is the dream I have every night when I go to bed, that spring football is surviving ten years in the future. I do want to go back to something you said earlier where the NFL had the uh, AFL, uh, the AFC versus the NFC. I think that's even more pronounced in the UFL with the XFL and USFL conferences, at least online. Like the fan bases really go after each other. And I believe that's only that could be beneficial. I know a lot of people are just like, let's all get along. Let's let's like kumbaya. Let's do this. Let's all come together for the UFL. I kind of like the vitriol and the barking back and forth of each conference. I think that's going to make for very interesting games. I think it's going to be some really good home environments. Can you imagine the Birmingham stallions coming to DC and the environment that is there? Oh, it just gets me tingly thinking about it. I do think it's going to be good. And I think it's what we need in the short term. And that's probably why they were smart, keeping the conferences the way they did it and name it after your league. So you can kind of keep that, you know, and you're going to guarantee to have an XFL team versus a USFL team in the championship. So even if it's not your team in it, maybe you can still get behind the league or the conference team, right? So I completely understand that. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. Before you go, this is a chance for you to plug all your gyms and the garage, everything you got going on. So take a moment and let the listeners of this show I need to know what this Hawaiian shirt dude with these different approach, you know, I got to go check out his YouTube page. So whatever you got, all your social media handles and everything you got going on, please. please The biggest things obviously are YouTube and Twitch, uh, XFL gym on both of those things. Uh, I post videos and shows weekly um, plus the actual content videos. Like you talked about earlier with the, uh, the XFL gym and USFL gym coming together. Um, coming up, I believe next Friday, I'm posting a video entitled The Truth About the UFL, in which one investigator, Jim, goes and investigates uh, what the truth about the UFL truly is. He he does a lot of deep dives. Uh, previous videos are what is the truth behind the XFL-USFL merger, the truth behind Major League Football, things like that. Uh, he also uncovered where the Vipers would be playing, I believe, before anybody else. So check out Investigator Jim. Twitter at XFL Jim. I'm tweeting random crap because that's what the website's for all the time. And depending on what day this comes out, uh, on Saturday, I'm streaming, uh, watching the Dream Bowl, uh, the X-League All-Stars versus the Ivy League. So I'm going to be watching that Saturday night. Come on, come and watch some Dream Bowl with me. Nice, nice. Well, thank you, Jim. Again, it's been a pleasure, and I hope to reach back out in the future to have you back because I'd like to kind of talk, you know, how the season's going because it's it's going to be interesting to see how they bring together. I know the rules, like you alluded to, are very similar in some aspects. I don't think it's going to change all that much, but I just want to see how the Disney broadcast and the Fox broadcast comes back together. It's giving me a lot of vibes of 2020 again. With I know I'm getting in. similar vibes. Dude, I think about XFL 2020 more than I feel anybody else on the planet. I, those five weeks, I still look back as some of the best five weeks of my life. It was magical. So I'm hoping we get more of that 
I just, it's caught that lightning in a bottle and here we are about ready to release it again. So, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. And it sounds like you definitely are as well. I'm so I'm all in, all in. All right. Well, until next time, have a good one. Stay garage certified, everybody. I can understand if some of you are surprised by XFL Jim's appearance on the show. But as I have set out to do since day one, I am committed to providing like-minded and notable voices within the community a platform to share their perspective. If you have not already, check out XFL Jim's work. And if his personality or comedic approach doesn't do it for you, I will understand. But he is no doubt in tune with the football ecosystem at multiple levels. Unfortunately, we do not have any fan line messages this week. If you have a UFL-related comment, question, or hot take and would like it to be heard on the show, reach out to the fan line by calling 863-825-5935. Doing so, your message could be included in an upcoming episode. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Player 54 Podcast. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform or choice. One last thing. If you are interested in checking out our friends over at True Victory, do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes, as well as that sweet code, PLAYER54, for 15% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning into today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Player 54 Podcast on your platform of choice. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Player 54 Podcast. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to player54podcast at gmail.com.